special time of year just imagine how you'll feel gathered in a classic Christmas scene but while you are dreaming snow all the sound in tomorrow's December 25th
but we thought we'll just let the video do that Merry Christmas everyone this first song we want to have some fun because we knew the kids were going to be in here and they've been doing this song down in the uh, children's center so let's pull that song up and we'll be ready to go if you guys can all stand and we'll worship together and have some fun with this song okay Waiting for him to dance. 
today you can still do that the offering boxes are on the walls and in the back and you can do that and if you didn't uh, we didn't have the uh, exact connection cards in the bulletin but they're in the seats in front of you or in the cupboard or the uh, what are they called the pockets in front of you you can fill those out for us if you'd like uh, we'd like to know if there's something we need to pray for you about or whatever um, and then uh, I think that's about it I you know we don't want to do a lot of announcement stuff today so let's go ahead and greet one another say Merry Christmas and we'll continue to worship
soul magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me, great things for me. My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me, great things for me. today as we get ready to celebrate the birth of your son Jesus Christ father that's what this day is all about preparing preparing for the gift that you are going to give to us and that you gave us just to cover our sins father he laid him down on earth and eventually he laid his life down for us thank you God we celebrate you in Jesus name everyone said amen you may be seated Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Or, well, can we say that yet or have to wait till tomorrow? Yeah. Not really sure there. Kids, who is excited for tomorrow morning? Three of you. Cool. <laughs> My kids are super excited. Titus has been asking for a month if Santa's coming tonight. He's been wanting to go ahead and put milk and cookies out every night so that they're there and ready and didn't really have the heart to tell him, you know, if you put it out tonight, it won't still be good when he comes in a few weeks, but um, really, really wants to. Man, it's been, uh, the Christmas season leading up to this is always such a fun thing, it's such a fun time, and, and now Christmas is finally here. Who's excited to go spend time with family in the next uh, couple of days and, and eat all the good food and eat all the good candy? Kids, do any of you like Christmas candy? One does, that's really cool. I can tell how many are paying attention to me right now. That's awesome. You're like my own children. It's great. Well, something that a lot of families do around this time of the year is they'll sit down with their kids and they'll read the Christmas story. And I'll be honest, that's not something that we've always been the best at. The first couple of years Jennifer and I were married, we, we did this just the two of us, and then we did this, I think, the first couple of years Elsie was born. You know, because as a six-month-old, she totally would have understood what was happening here. Some years we do, some years we don't. But I'd like to sit and read it with you guys today, if that's okay. Just read the Christmas story and maybe stop every once in a while and talk about some of the things that are happening. Because I think there's some really fun stuff in this that we can talk about. And kids, if you got that, that little packet, there's a sheet in there. You can follow along with us, too, as we do this, all right? In Luke chapter 2... We read this starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. That's such a neat story, and we hear right there that Jesus was born, and yet at the same time, it's kind of just really quickly said, she gave birth to a son. But what you may not know is what happened right there was the fulfillment of hundreds and hundreds of years of prophecy. In Isaiah chapter 9, we read these words, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Man, what a promise that we get right there from Isaiah. After all, hope is built on promise. Too often, I think we put our our, our hopes on things that we can control. Kids, I want to hear some answers from you all. What are some things you hope for, especially at Christmas time? What are you hoping for right now? Anything fun? Presents? I heard that one. Uh, What was that one? Sounded like a very specific present on that one. (laughs) You always love those. Very specific ones. Parents, I hope you're taking notes. Uh, But Jesus was promised to be our hope. Not just for the, the time that he came into, but hope for all time. I mean, just look at how the prophet describes him. He calls him a wonderful counselor. Someone to guide us as we go. That's what a counselor does. Helps us, leads us, gives us good advice. Calls him a mighty God. Think about this. We have a God who not only is very strong, but he's able to do anything. Nothing bigger than what God can do. An everlasting father. Not only is he a good father, but he's a father who will always be there for us and always be available to us. And he calls him a prince of peace. Think about this, when Jesus comes into your life, you experience this overwhelming peace that that you can't explain. In fact, the Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. See, too often we put our hope into things of the world, into people or into places. And when we do that, we're going to be disappointed. We can only help each other so much. We can only do so many things for each other. We're limited in this. Nobody or no thing on this earth can fulfill all of your expectations But Jesus can. Jesus can and he does. And when he came that night, it was a fulfillment of centuries of waiting and hope for the Israelites. You go back into the story starting in verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What things bring you joy? What kind of things make you happy? Is it those new toys you're going to have under the tree in the morning? 
Is it spending time with your friends? Is it going fun places? I know back when I was a kid, I can think about some of the the best Christmas presents I got. There was the year when I was about eight or nine years old that, yes, I got that Red Ryder BB gun. Didn't have the compass in the stock, unfortunately, but it had the nice lever action, and we still have that somewhere between my house or my dad's house. I remember the year I was uh, 17, and I got the gift that every 17-year-old in the late 90s wanted, two 12-inch subwoofers and a 300-watt amp to push those so the neighbors down the street could hear my tunes. They could feel me coming from two blocks away. It was great. Think about some of the greatest gifts that you've received, especially you kids. I know you love great gifts, but adults, let's be honest, we do too. What are the toys you're excited about this holiday season? Who are the friends you're looking forward to spending time with, the family you're looking forward to making memories with? Those things bring us joy. But Jesus brings us the ultimate joy. Jesus brings us an everlasting joy, an incredible joy, something that makes us happier than anything that we could possibly achieve or acquire here on this earth. Let me ask you another question here. Can you imagine something that makes you so happy, that makes you so fulfilled, you don't care about anything else? That's what Jesus brings us. That's the joy that we have in him. And the first Christmas that took place, the first Christmas sermon that took place, wasn't here in a church like this. It wasn't uh, a celebration in a home around a fireplace or a tree or a table or a group of friends. No, it took place out in a field where shepherds of all people were watching their sheep. And the first sermon wasn't delivered by a preacher or, or by anybody like that. It was delivered by an angel. Can you imagine how amazing that would have been? And the sermon was simply, be joyful. Because there's a Savior born to you today. That sermon wasn't very complex. It was very short, very simple. Have joy. Don't have fear. Have joy. Look what the angel says to them. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. Well, going on in verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which they were told about. Can you imagine what that night would have looked like? Obviously, it's night, it's dark, but you got the sun setting on the Mediterranean to the west, the mountains of Moab shining in, in the sunset to the east. Bethlehem would have been bustling. It would have been busy, but by this point in the night, it would have been quiet. Everyone would have gone to bed and and settled in for the evening. And that's when something very simple and at the same time very amazing took place. What's something that you have seen that just brings you incredible awe and wonder? Is it the sunset reflecting off of a snow-capped mountain? Or is it an ocean view that just goes all the way to the horizon? Or or maybe, maybe it's a sunset or sunrise just across the Kansas prairie. What is it that brings awe and wonder for you? Maybe it's not something in nature. Maybe it's something else. For me, it was watching my three kids be born. 
something that's a very normal, natural part of human life, but at the same time, it was so majestic and so wonderful for me. See, God chose a very simple method to bring his Savior into the world. He didn't pick a big grand stage. He didn't have his Messiah come riding into town on a white horse as a conquering king. No, he came as a simple baby to parents who were very ordinary, but also very special. It was a special night indeed. Not just a special night, it was a holy night. The Savior of the world had just been born. The Savior who came to bring our relationship back to God and fulfill and make it right once again. He was the Savior who was coming to redeem mankind and atone for our sin. The Messiah, Christ, had come. But the birth of Jesus wasn't just a divine moment. It was the beginning of a new time, of a new covenant with God. See, when the angel told Mary and Joseph that they were going to have a baby, they came with a couple of promises attached to it. They said that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. The word became flesh. God put on human form and became one of us. And it also says the angel told him his kingdom would never end. I'm not sure what's brought you here today. Maybe you're here because this is your church and it's, it's Sunday morning and you're here to attend worship. Maybe you're here because Christmas Eve with us is part of your Christmas tradition. Maybe you're here out of obligation and somebody dragged you here and told you you can't open presents until you go to church. <laughs> Can I just say whatever brought you here, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've come to spend part of your Christmas here with us at Crossroads. Maybe you're joining us online today from uh, your travels with your family. We're glad that you're taking time to be with us as well, too. But whatever the situation that brought you here, this is a great time to remember that Christmas not only brought Jesus into the world, but it inaugurated a new era in time where God came to be one of us in order to reach out to us so that he could save us. He came because the world was dark and needed the light. Several years ago, my grandpa told me a story about his time when he was in the army. Uh, he served in the army during the Korean War. He didn't go to Korea, but uh, he was in Alaska stationed in case they needed somebody to get over there quickly. And when they were in Alaska, he told us about uh, part of their training. They were there in the winter time, and it was just black, dark, everywhere you, you looked. And their, their sergeant took them out one night for a training session. And in the middle of the training session, in the middle of the pitch black, they shut off all their flashlights, they shut off all the lights around them, and it was total darkness for just a moment. And said, he said, a minute later, they see this little tiny flick of light off in the distance. And come to find out, it was another one of their sergeants about a half a mile away, flicking a cigarette lighter. And he said that tiny little flick of light was noticeable from that far away. And the whole point of it was this is a lesson when you're using darkness as cover, even that little quarter inch of light can give you away. But that image is powerful because even that tiny little flick of light broke the darkness. And that's what light does. Light comes into the darkness and it breaks the darkness. Darkness has no answer for light. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus came into the world on that first Christmas. John chapter one, it says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. Jesus came at just the right time to bring a new era 
of, of our walk with God, to bring us joy, to bring us hope, to bring us peace, yes, but to bring us light in the darkness. He came to restore our relationship with God. He came so that he could one day die on the cross for your sins. He came to give us life. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for the light in the darkness. We're thankful for the restoration of hope, for reconciling our relationship back to you. God, we pray today as we celebrate your birth that we would never lose sight of everything that birth represented. We pray today in Jesus' name.